Good morning, everybody. Glad to have you with me. And if it's okay with you, we're just going to jump right into it this morning and blast off. I got a lot to say, and I hope when I'm done this morning that you will have picked up something that is very practical and useful for you at this particular stage in your development as a manifesting son and daughter that is well on your way to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. Amen? All right, so let's begin over in Psalm 91. Now I'm going to ask you to stay with me the whole teaching this morning. When I start reading, you're going to say, I've heard that, I know about that. I think you may find I'm going to put some things into this that perhaps you hadn't thought about before because it's extremely important, extremely important. Psalm chapter 91 verse 1 says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That word abide there or dwells, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High, that word actually means if you abide there. Make it your habitation. You set or dwell in that place. Put yourself in a fixed position. That's what the word dwell actually means in literal interpretation of that verse. So let's just plug that in. He that sets or abides or remains or stays in a fixed position in the secret place. Now we're going to talk about that secret place this morning and I'm going to take it out of the Old Testament, which we're reading, and bring it into the New Testament and show you where it is, how it is, and how we can enter into that place. Because if the psalmist had any insight about the secret place, it's a very powerful position, a very powerful place to be. Verse 2 says, I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Verse 3, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Who wants to be subject to the snare of the fowler or the perilous pestilence? I sure don't. Do you? All right. So let, again, question is, what is this secret place? And how do, you, how do you seek it? How do you seek the secret place? How do you find it? Uh, how do you abide there? Because he said, if you abide in that position, it's obviously very important. David put a lot of importance on it. Because he said that when you dwell there, or you make it your habitation, you're in that you're in the secret place in a fixed position. You're not wandering around. You're not leaving. You're right there. You got focused on it. That you're going to find yourself being protected. You're going to find yourself living in a life that flourishes. Let me read a couple more verses. Let me read uh, four, five, six, and seven out of Psalm chapter ninety-one. He goes on to say this: He will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. Now this is the part I really like. He says in verse 7, A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. I like that. That's a, that's a position of victory. That's a position of uh, being in a, in a place where what goes on around you, what goes on maybe in the rest of culture, isn't really having an effect on you. It puts you in a position where you are not being harassed or bothered or overcome by what other people are. Now, let me bring, let me bring that out of Psalm 91. Let me bring that in into today. Where is the secret place? I should say this. Let me preface it with this. Originally, the secret place was a place where the heads of families met. 
and the heads of families would meet there for counsel, for direction, for wisdom, for guidance. And they, the heads of the family, it wasn't open to everybody, just the heads of the family would come into this meeting place. And you could imagine that's where, where, where the, the deepest wisdom possible was shared. That's where the, the real nuggets from experience and age and things that had been encountered, that's where it would be dispensed to other people, help them walk around and not fall into the same pit that maybe some other head of the family and his family had experienced. So what, what is the secret place to us? It's this. It's that place within you where the family meets. And the family is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a place where you meet and you get from them counsel. You get from them wisdom. You get from them direction, encouragement. And we're going to see that that place of, that secret place is where there is a supreme flow of revelation. It's how you tap revelation. Now, this is going to be good. This, we're going to unwind this pretty good this morning. It's a meeting place. If I were to bring Psalm chapter 91 into the New Testament, I would say it, it looks like John 14, 20. When Jesus said, in that day, you'll know that I'm in the Father and that you're in me and that I'm in you. In other words, he's saying the Father, the Son, and you are all in one place at one time. You're in tight union. When those families came, when those families came into the secret place, the heads of the families, they were in union. They were in covenant together. They were sharing intimately together. And so the secret place is within us. This is, you are the temple, right? God lives in you. The Father lives in you. You are, everything that takes place comes from within. This is, this is the meeting place. It might look a little bit like Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, chapter 3, verse 3 when Paul said that he died and that his life, and he extends it to you, he says, we died and our life is hidden with Christ in God. Do you see the connection there? You see the union? You see the unity? You see the oneness? You see the possibility of sharing intimate secrets when you are in Christ and he said our, our life is hidden in God? So it's, it's a place where you, you go within and there's nobody going there with you. This is one of those things you go in by yourself and you shut everything else off. You shut the noise off, the distractions off, cares off. Uh, it's a place where you just, you come in and you recognize, man, this is going to be a time <clears throat> that I meet face to face with daddy. This is, this is a time when the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are open to me to share with me what I'm looking for, to give me wisdom, understanding, knowledge, direction, and revelation. So the secret place is within us. We're the temple. This is where it all takes place. The Father lives in, in you. And this, this is where you meet with Him. I got more to say about that in a few minutes. Now here's where the, here's where the shocker comes in for, for many of us. The avenue the source of meeting or, or the way that we bring about this meeting that is going on within us, the way we contact it is through meditation. Through meditation, that's the point of contact. That's what brings us face to face. We shut down, we come in alone, no, no distractions, no, no static, no outside interference. We're face to face with the Father through the Son and the Spirit. 
Now, I know from years in church that many people shied away from meditation, the idea of meditation. And I, I'm not going to tell you that all meditation is right or it's healthy. I think, but we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. We've, we've walked away from it. The church has presented meditation, for the most part, in a very negative light. Scripture doesn't present it in a negative light. And yet in church, for some reason, we have presented it in a very negative light, made it kind of an Eastern religion thing or maybe new age. Uh, there has not, there has not, there's been some, but there has not been a lot of solid teaching enough to into the body of Christ where it's taken root and we've understood what it's about, how to enter into it and what the value of it is. Meditation is simply deep contemplation where you begin without the noise, without the static into the secret place within, you go within and, it, 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 and it's where you begin to turn things over internally. You begin to ponder them. You begin to, to stew over them. I call it crock-potting. The greatest crock-potting that takes place, that's a slow cook, is when you're meditating. And you just open up to what the Father would say. You open up to truth, to understanding, to revelation. Now, the church has not been big on meditation. What the church has been big on is prayer. Prayer and meditation are, are not exactly the same thing. And here's, here's the main difference. Meditation is listening. Prayer is talking. If you have been, and you're looking at a guy that was a prayer warrior. I mean, I spent hours and hours in prayer, all right? <clears throat> I'm not saying it wasn't valuable. I'm just saying it wasn't as productive as it should have been. Prayer, and there's a reason for it. Prayer is speaking. Prayer is talking. And it's, it's, when, uh, it's when we're telling God what we need. That's what, I don't say that's what most prayers, isn't it? It's telling God what we need and oftentimes when we need it. Like, God, my, my, the rent's due. I'm praying right now, Father, that you'd hear my prayer. The rent is due in three days and I don't have it. And so we're telling God he needs to deliver the answer within three days. We're telling God what we need, how we need it, and when he better get it to us. Prayer is talking. And if we were to be honest, in Matthew chapter 6, there's a couple of verses I think really describe what's going on. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Jesus said, don't worry saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Otherwise, he said, you don't have to let those things be at the forefront of your thinking. Verse 32, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. Gentiles are people that aren't spiritual, that don't have much understanding. He said, all those things the Gentiles seek, he said, but your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. You know, it's kind of surprising. When we would pray, <clears throat> it's like God's going, whoa, I didn't know that was a need in your life. I didn't know, I didn't know you had a problem there. And that's how we, we kind of prayed. We, we prayed, we requested, we suggested. <clears throat> At times we told God how he could work it out. And I don't care if it was if it was you praying alone for his group prayer. I've been in thousands of group prayer meetings, and that's pretty much the scenario, intercession prayer. It's, it's seeking. Some of you, charismatic background, prayed in the Spirit for hours. You didn't know what you were praying, but you knew you were pressing into the things of God. That's what we did. We pressed in. 
And the harder we pressed in, the more we tried to convince God. And there are many times when I prayed, I felt like, honestly, I felt like a lawyer that was pleading his case before the judge, that if I could just make my point strong enough, if I could just, if I could just bring the facts to the table, see, it, and here's, here's the problem. Listen, look at me right now. I'll tell you something. The problem is you can't hear when you're speaking. Many of you that have messaged me and said, I just don't hear, God does not talk to me. He does talk to you. But you have not prepared yourself to hear him speak because you were busy speaking. God's not going to talk over you. He's not going to talk over your voice. That all the time that you're spending pleading your case, telling him what you need, pressing in, arguing to him to see it your way. See, we wouldn't admit it, but we really fit what Jesus said here in John chapter 6 and verse 7. Listen to this. And when you pray, don't use vain repetition. How many prayer meetings have I been in when people say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father God, Father God, Father God, in the name of Jesus. He said, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think, and this was our mindset, we think that we will be heard for the many words that we pray. I've been through days of fasting and prayer. I, I've been in, in citywide prayer meetings. I've been, when we prayed for the nation or the world, we've had a world day of prayer. People all around the world, different times praying. And all, they were, were really forms of crying out to God, telling him what we needed, and that he needed to answer it and help us. And we thought, we thought really, there was kind of underlying tone that we thought if we could get enough people that would join us and be with us, that sure to God would unfold his arms and would answer our prayer. There was a verse of scripture that used to be so popular in these prayer meetings. And I'm just drawing some distinction right now. I'm gonna get back to meditation because that's the subject of the teaching this morning. But I want to show you why we haven't been in meditation and why we haven't heard God speak, which is which is the main uh, thing that takes place when you are in the secret place. When you go within and you, you enter into counsel with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and they brought you in and they've embraced you. They've brought you into that circle and they're sharing ideas. They're sharing revelation. They're sharing intimacy with you. The reason we haven't picked up on that is because we've been people of prayer and not meditation. One of the verses that we always used in prayer and fasting, uh, praying for the city, the nation, the world, whatever, was this, Second Chronicles chapter 7. You know, I, I can quote it because I've done it so many times. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, we'd say, well, that's all of us. We're Christians. We're his people. If they will humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked ways. Then they will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. So when we would come in to pray for the city, pray for the state, the nation, the world, whatever, we wanted the land healed. We wanted, we wanted certain things done. And I'm not going to mention it because some of the stuff that we wanted, we thought the land needed to be healed of. We actually just needed to extend love to those groups and those people and show the, and show the Father to them rather than trying to get them straightened out. So, 
Here's what many times would happen. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves. So we would, we would get real humble. God, uh, we're just not worthy. We know we're not worthy. Father, we can't do anything of ourselves. We go on and on. If they would pray and turn from their wicked ways. So a lot of the prayer meetings, a lot of what we are taught to pray is you need to repent of all your evil, of all your sins. If there's sin, you better repent for it. So we would repent of sin even, even if we didn't know any. We'd say we repent of all our sins. We repented for the sins of the city, for the state, the nation, the world. Because we were trying to hear from God. We were wanting God to do something that actually he assigned us to do, which is to heal the land. And the way we learn to heal the land is through, is through the secret place. That's where he's going to divulge what we need to do. So we, we're, we're understanding as, as we've broken out of that religious box of prayer that we learn more and more by listening than by talking. Have you figured that out yet? You, you understand a whole lot more. When you talk to somebody that has a lot of knowledge and wisdom, when you speak to an expert in an area that maybe you're trying to learn, you need to zip it and listen to them because they have the understanding. When we come before the Father, we need to zip it. And this is what secret place is about. This is what meditation is about. Zip it. He's the one with the understanding. He's the one with the wisdom. He's the one with the revelation. He's the one that wants to impart to us. What are we going to impart to him? Jesus said, don't tell him what you need to eat or what you need to wear or place. He, it, it, that's just representative of all the needs that you have in your life. He knows about those needs. What good do you think it's going to do to argue and persuade and beg and plead for him to meet something that he already knows that you have need of? Right? The Father is within. Christ is within. The kingdom is within. The life we have is within. We don't have to seek what is within. What's within? Let me give you, let me give you a little revelation here. What is within you is drawing you. It's speaking to you. It's talking to you. Jesus, yes, Jesus is at your heart's door. But I want you to just flip that picture around a little bit. He's knocking from the inside, not the outside. He's knocking from the inside wanting you to say, hey, let's open the door and let what is out there that has been prepared for us come within us. Let's let everything that the Father has done, let's let it, let's let it come and be part of us. So out of, our, out of our belly flows this river of living water. We open the door, it flows. And what meditation will do is to help you to drink deeply of that water. It'll put you right in the flow. Meditation is my contact. It's my point of reference. And again, let me say what meditation is, say it a little different way. Meditation is shutting down. It's getting silent and listening. I'm going to give you some practicals in just a minute. It's, it is not a lazy drifting in any direction. It's a, diff, a definite waiting on God with anticipation. Sometimes it's with a focused attention. It can be focused on a problem or a situation that you just need to come and say, I need the wisdom about this, Father. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. 
all right? It, you may be, may be meditating on a scripture that you don't know. Rather than reading a scripture and immediately messaging somebody because you don't know what the scripture means. You, you don't get it. It's one of those trip me up scriptures. It looks like God's going to send everybody to hell. So rather than messaging somebody, what does this mean? What does God say? How about if you take it to him? And you say, I need some understanding. I need some revelation. I need some insight into this. If, you, if you're getting a little bit of revelation about something, I can guarantee you take it into the secret place and meditate about it. Meditation is like a cow that chews its cud. Right? It chews, it chews, it chews, and it swallows. A cow has three stomachs. You know what it does? It brings it back up and chews and chews and chews more. Sends it down to the second stomach. Brings it back up again, chews and chews and chews. It gets every little bit of, of nutrient it can out of that. Every little bit of flavor. Everything that's possibly good out of that out of that cud, out of that bale of hay that cow's been eating. It passes through three stomachs and it sends it down again. That's a great picture of meditation because that's what we do. We chew, we chew, we chew, we chew. And then we maybe set it on the shelf, come back, choose some, chew, choose some more, meditate about it. There are things I've meditated on for years. Some of the things that I teach, I've meditated on for hours and hours and hours before I ever bring it to the digital cathedral. Right? It's our contact. It's our point of contact. It's where we come face to face with the Father. It's putting yourself in neutral gear. Right? Sometimes it's with a focused attention. Sometimes it's on a scripture, revelation, understanding you need wisdom. And here's what you do. You put yourself in neutral gear. And what I mean by that is you, you, you remove your bias about it. You're not trying to tell God it should be like this or it should be like that. You set all that on the table. You put yourself in neutral gear so that the Father can give you his view, his opinion, his direction. Honestly, when, when, when we, we pray and we meditate, we already say, God, this is what I want, this is the way it should be. We come with our opinions, our ideas. You know what that is? That's all eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because every suggestion, every opinion, every like, every dislike that you have naturally that has not come from him is what you, is what you have gathered from discerning what is good and evil, what is right and what is wrong, what is up, what down, what is, what is white, what is black. And so you come to him in, with that mindset already. You cannot do that. You come with your mind. You say, my mind is open to you. And there again, that has scared the church. Said, Don't empty your mind. Don't empty your mind. Listen, you have the mind of Christ. You don't have to be afraid of coming to him in neutral gear saying, I'm ready to hear from you. I set aside my biasness, my opinions. All the background, all the stuff that's been put into you, I set that aside. I want to hear what, what you have to say, Father. See, he's always talking. The further I get into this, I find out that Father's a real chatty Kathy. He loves to talk, but the question is, are we listening? Are we willing to set in silence? Are we willing, as it says in Psalm 71, to abide there, to put ourselves in a fixed position? To make that our habitation, the place where we love to hang out. There's, man, when you begin to tap into the things of the Father, you, you will look forward to this time of meditation. I guarantee you. Now, 
There's a lot of aids out there to help you meditate. And I'm not against any of those. I have just found for me personally, maybe it's because this has been like a process over years and years and years. I like silence. <laughs> I like no distraction, no noise, no soft music, no nothing. I don't need that to get me into the mood. Now, what, what, I, what I do most of the time is I start out with something I think about, I, I, I open up to a meditation thinking about, let me just give you an example. These are some of my views. God is love. And I'll just begin to think about that. I begin to roll that over and over and over. God is love. What is that? Wow. How much love does he have? Unconditional. Wow. What does unconditional actually mean? No conditions. Then I start thinking about all the conditions we put on love. And I just see the father say, no, throw that one out. Throw that one. That's not a condition. That's not a condition. Until there is no more condition. Then I see, oh my goodness, he loves us regardless. The Father and I are one. That's another one. I love to meditate on that. The Father and I are one. What does that mean? Can you visualize that? That you and the Father like can join twins together? Everything he has is yours. What, what flows from one flows to the other. I have his DNA. I have his nature. He blew the very breath of life into me to put me in his image. And I'm developing in his likeness. Wow. Those are things that you can ponder. I ponder like... Colossians 2.9 is probably why I use it a lot. That in Jesus dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Then verse 10 says, I'm complete in him. What does that look like? See, those are just launch points. Those are just starting points. And what it does, it gets your mind to think beyond the constraints and the borders that you have placed on it. See, you don't have to tell God what to do. You don't have to tell him what you want. He knows what you want. Now, have... Do I never tell God when I want a course I do? Say, Father, you know, I really want to, I really want to bring this across at the digital cathedral. I'm going to teach, Father. You've directed me to teach on the secret place. I really want to, I really want to open that up so people see the availability of it and the practicality of it. I want people to begin to integrate it into their life daily. And he'll begin to show me this and show me that. This, that's how I get most everything I teach. Is just off of meditating on a verse. And often from what I'm meditating on, here takes me over here. And once I get over here, he like gives me the whole outline. Then he gives me some scripture verses to put the meat on the skeleton. For example, in this one, he I'm saying, so God, what okay, Psalm 91, what else you got? So he gave me, he gave me quickly three verses. Let me just hit these for you. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. And usually he just gives me a word or two. And you know what? I, I Most of the verses, I don't know. Google is probably the best uh, concordance that you can find. With Google, if you just know two or three words of a verse, it'll give it to you. So this one here, Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 40, I'm sorry. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. He gave me a couple of these words. I, I remember, I didn't know the whole verse by heart. I said, okay, we got Psalm 91. What else you got to go with it? He said this, Psalm, Psalm chapter, uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It's the last verse in, in uh, Isaiah 40. Those that wait on the Lord, 
That's what meditation is. That's what secret place is. It's a place where you come and you wait together with him. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Do you have problems with tiredness? Do you have problems with being all wore out? I'm telling you something. This will renew your strength. I'm giving you something today that's better than vitamin B12. I'm giving you something today that will turn your life around, but you must put it into practice. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord. There's a benefit to this. Very practical benefit. <clears throat> Are you listening? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You want to be strong? As you get older, you don't have to get weaker. Now, here's what, here's something, uh, this is The older I get, the more time I spend in a secret place. Maybe it's because as you get older, you're not as rambunctious. You're a little bit wiser and you can see that your strength has not brought you that much in your own ability. So you learn to wait on him. And as you do, man, he, he does, he renews your strength. You mount up like wings with eagles. You, you're running, you're not weary. You walk and you don't faint. Look what he says in, in Joshua, way back. God set this into Joshua at the very start when Moses died and Joshua became the ruler. This is, this is the, the advice that he gave to Joshua just to begin with. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Listen to this. Joshua chapter 1 Verse 8. That's not right. Oh, that's, I'm in Judges. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Okay, let's back it up just a little bit. That's scary. That's a pastor's nightmare when you get over and you look at a verse 8, what you studied all week. Joshua chapter 1. When Moses, be, when Moses died, Joshua became the leader of, of the nation. Here's the first advice that God gave him. Listen to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Ah, this is familiar now. He said, this book of the law or the word of God, bring, bring that in today, what God speaks to you. What God speaks to you shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. See, meditate is not a nasty word. It's not antichrist. He said, whatever I speak to you, what God's, what the Father speaks to you. So here's what, I'm, here's what I'm driving at. When you come into the secret place, and I hope you learn to do this every day. When you come into the secret place and he begins to speak something to you, that's what you meditate. That's what you ponder. That's what you chew over and chew over and chew over. Get all you can out of it. I absolutely believe you could take John chapter 3, verse 16, if he quickened that verse to you, and you could spend your entire life in John 3, 16 and never get out of it, everything that's in there. Meditate in it day and night, watch, that you may observe to do all that's, that he says to you, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Do you see what he's saying here? What you, what you get in that secret place, what you ponder on, what you meditate on, the word that he speaks to you, it's going to make you prosperous, your way prosperous. 
It's going to make your way prosperous. You'll have good success. You'll, do you remember um, Philippians 2.13? It's God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. This is what this is what he's saying here. He puts the will within you and then you make your way prosperous. He gives you the ability and the power to walk it out. If you want marching instructions, then I would I would follow what he says in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Now back to Psalm chapter 1, the first couple three verses, he's saying the same thing to David. David, see these guys, it's amazing. They got much of the same revelation along the same lines, living in different time periods, and yet today we're having, we struggle with it. The revelation, the knowledge that we get should be way beyond these guys in the Old Testament. Verse 1, Psalm chapter 1, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. What puts you in the counsel of the ungodly is when you follow ways that seem right to you. You make decisions, uh, uh, on what's right, what's wrong. An ungodly person makes sense to you, so you're sucked into it. Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the word that the Lord speaks to him. It's called the law of the Lord. The, the, the word that the Lord speaks to you, that's your delight. And in that word, he meditates day and night. Isn't that just what he told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1? What I speak to you, what I show you, you meditate on it day and night as David picked up on it. Now, when you do that, watch the benefits. Isaiah said you would you'd, uh, you'd renew your strength. You'd mount up with wings like an eagle. You'd run, not be worried, walk and not faint. Now, David, David says, and Joshua, he said, when you do this, you'll become successful in everything you put your hand to. Now, when, look what he says Look what he says to David. The person that meditates day and night in that secret place, face to face with the Father, receiving counsel and wisdom from the Son and the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the meeting together, the family heads, he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Trees, trees are often symbolic of people. So you're going to be like a person that's planted by the rivers of water. Man, you want those rivers of water. That's a river of life. That's the river of revelation that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither. That means there's no death. Death has gone out of you. Withering leaves is a sign the tree is dying. It's not getting nutrients. It's not being fed. It's a sign of death. And whatever he does shall prosper. You can't run out and try to prosper in everything you do as a Christian if all you're doing is talking, praying, telling God, beseeching him, pressing in, fasting, trying to convince him. You meditate. What he shows you, you ponder, you chew it over, you crockpot it. And then as he gives you direction, what you do, everything you put your hand to, is going to prosper. The things that I've had real difficulty with in failing in life, to be honest with you, were ideas that I got in my head and I went to God and asked him to bless them. That's just so backwards. How many times have you done that? You wanted something. You really desired something. You want to start a business. So you, you the business looks good. You grasp it. Seems logical. Looks good. So you enter in. Then you ask God to bless it. No wonder we have problems. 
No wonder we have difficulties, right? It's because we enter in through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is telling God, explaining to God why he needs to come bless us and help us, rather than just backing it down, rather than just shutting it down. Listen, get silent. Now, if you want to listen to some nice music to meditate or you want to go, there's, there's a lots of things that will help you to enter into meditation. I'm not big on that. I I just like to, I guess, raw dog it and just go in there and shut myself down and say, okay, Father, here I am. What do you want to, what, what do you want to talk about today? Father, what's on my mind is you and I are one. So I know that whatever you tell me, I'm going to catch. I'm going to hear because I'm silent. I'm listening. And I don't talk. I don't talk. All right. Let me see if I can make this real practical. Because my heart this morning is to unwind this so that you will have a desire to begin to enter into this, all right? So let me see if I can make it real practical. Let me give you seven things real quick. I don't have too much time left. Number one, we withdraw ourselves spiritually and mentally from the world that is around us. When you enter into the secret place inside you, when you go within, when you go within, you shut yourselves down spiritually, mentally, to the things that are going on around you. You shut the door. You shut the door. All right, let, I read a little bit out of that sixth chapter of Matthew. Matthew chapter six gives some great advice on prayer. Matthew chapter six, verse six. Let me read a little bit more. He said, but when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, Pray to your father in the secret place and your father who sees in secret what goes on in this secret place, he will reward you openly. So the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the revelation that you get in the secret place is what he's going to reward you with and what he's going to make obvious and present openly. And when you pray, don't use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Sh shut it down. He said, you don't have to pray in the name of Jesus 47 times. You don't have to come against the devil 86 times, right? Therefore, don't be like them, for your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. If that assurance comes to us, and he knows that we, what we need before we ever ask him, that cuts my request time down to zero. And since I don't have to request, I can keep my ears open to what he wants to say. Now I've learned, I've learned that he's going to get it to me in two, one of two ways. The things that he knows I have need of. You know, I, I had some un, unexpected expenses pop up. I didn't, I didn't ask God for anything. I, I knew that he knew I had need. And there was someone that sent me a check in the mail. It didn't cover it all, but it was a, a good check, good size check for me, a good size check. And I knew that that came directly, that God moved on this person's heart in another state, way away from here, to do something. And so they sent it to me, right? Because the father knew that I had need. So when I was in the secret place, I would just be quiet and he would he'd give me a shirt. Don't don't worry about it, don't sweat, don't fry. I, I got you covered. I know what you need. 
Right? So when you when you come into the secret place, you shut yourself off because if you don't, you're going to get uptight, get nervous, and you're going to just out of anxiety just press press in there and, and and spill it all to God. And God's just going, "Come on, man, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to get you through this. Listen to me. I'm gonna, I'm going to guide you. Th- I'm going to tell you the steps to take, and He'll either bring it to you or lead you to it. He might lead you to a job to do." He might move on somebody's heart, the thing that you need. He's got a gazillion channels. You're not concerned about the channel. Within him lies every possible solution. You don't know which one he's going to send it through, but you need to open up your mind that with God, all things are possible. That, that means he can do it any way he wants to. He can send a raven with a $1,000 bill in his beak, right? That's what it. He fed the prophet, sent him with meat every day when he needed to be fed. He sent him, sent him, sent him. I don't read where the prophet was begging and pleading for God. Oh, God, I need food. Please help me. Please send something. Put Kroger's in my path. No. All right, number two. Number two. We turn our thoughts within. This is so important. You're not thinking externally. You're not thinking outside. You're going, you're going with it. You're listening within. And basically, you're just saying, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I'm listening. I'm listening within. Now, if your mind wanders, bring it back. Bring it back. That's why, to begin with, I I try to get my mind where it's running in a direction that I would like it to run. So I told you that oftentimes I begin my meditation time with God is love or the Father and I are one or I am complete in Him. Just some favor. And then from there... I don't, I don't, I don't speak it. I don't confess it. I just let it roll over within me. And as I said, I'm meditating here. All of a sudden, he begins to talk to me and unwind over here because my mind is relaxed. I've shut, I've shut everything down. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to anything. I like the more, the quieter, the better. All right. If your mind wanders, bring it back. Number three. Know that the thing that you're there for is flowing into you whether you feel it or not. I I learned a long time ago as a kid pastor that the worst thing I can do, and I did this a lot, worst thing I can do is go over on Saturday and say, God, I need a message for Sunday. I got to have something. And I take my Bible and I start turning through it. and Oh my gosh, there would never be anything. But if I would go start Monday and Tuesday and just meditate and ponder, God, what are you what are you thinking about today? Open up your heart to me, Father. Tell me your thoughts. He began to flow in, and by, by Thursday or Friday, I, I was able to put, put my message together. Sometimes you're 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 moving, you're thinking about things, and three days later it will become reality to you. You will know that you know that you know. I've shared the testimony about my heart that I I thought I was totally healthy. My doctor said, your EKG looks a little funny. He sent you to the cardiologist. Long story short, he said, you have a blockage. It's called the Widowmaker. We're going to go ahead and put a stent. They went in to put a stent. They said, I can't do it. It's in a bad place. During that time, I just, I just thought about a good heart, healthy heart. And it was a day that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was okay. 
I just knew it. I, you, to this day, you cannot convince me otherwise. Now, whether that blockage is in there or not, I don't know. Do I go to the cardiologist? You bet I do every six months. Last time I went about three months ago, he looked at my EKG and he says, my gosh, what are you doing? This EKG is perfect. Of course, he didn't say I didn't have to come back anymore. <laughs> that would cut his income, wouldn't it? He said, this is, this is amazing. What I've never, I haven't. And see what happened during that Widowmaker? I grew arteries around the blockage so that the flow never, never diminished in my heart. It worked out perfect. I could give you several other illustrations that during the time it didn't exactly seem like it was happening, but then there would be a, a day that I just knew that I knew that I knew. I talked to you about the house that we live in. I imagined it, created it in my mind, in my heart it grew. When I walked in the door, that's the one right there. That's exactly what I've been looking for. I can, I, I'm not going to spend time going. I could give you a whole bunch more. I'm just wanting you to know, just because you don't feel like you got it when you leave the time of meditation, let it cook. And at the right time, you'll know that you know. All right, number four, I like to give thanks even if I, even if I sense that what I'm looking for or what the Father is speaking to me about has not arrived yet. 1 Thessalonians says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. didn't say give thanks for everything. It said in everything give thanks. Here's what I've learned. Gratitude sets the altitude of your consciousness. The more gratitude that you have, the higher the level of consciousness that you'll actually develop. Number five, don't let waiting in silence become a bondage to you. If you're sitting there one day and you're just like nervous, and you can't get up and go do something else. This, this is not a religious happening. This is not a law. This isn't one of the Ten Commandments. This is something that the Father designed for us to help us come into the secret place, to dwell there, to abide there, be in a fixed position there. So just roll with it. Go with the flow. There's some days you walk in there, man, and it's like that. The, the heaven, I mean, it's just real. Now, what, here's one thing I got to say this. As you develop in this, as you develop going into the secret place, I, I have a particular place I like to go. But you know something I've learned? As I've developed this over the years, I have found that I can be driving in my car down the street and be in the secret place. I could be sitting in a restaurant by myself eating lunch and I'm in the secret place all of a sudden, right? It's your inner man when he gets still and he's able to sit in silence internally, you can be in the secret place. That's how your prayer life goes. You, you get where your prayer life is not an hour a day. It's a running conversation with God. Now there'll be times that you may sit for prayer, but it's when you have this running conversation with God. Number six. Know that the desires of your heart are actually his desires. I can't stress this too much. The desires that he put in your heart are his desires. If you spend time in the secret place, you'll not come out with a carnal desire. You'll come out with his desire. Remember, it's God that works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He placed the desires within you. 
And he will use the time in a secret place to unveil to you how to bring those desires to pass. Everything that I've ever wanted since I've been walking in grace has been a desire of my heart that he's placed in there. And as a result of that, I've learned to, I call it co-create with him. That offends some people. I can't create nothing, something out of nothing he has already created everything that every person will ever need. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, he's already created. But what he does help us do is to bring out of that unseen realm into the seen realm. And when you spend time in the secret place, you'll perfect your ability. He will teach you how. And if you want to go, I did a six-part series on how to create or you're a creator. You can go look at that. And most of it comes out of being in a secret place what he reveals to you. And number seven, number seven, understand this. While you're waiting, he's changing you. While you're in the secret place, he's changing you. You'll sense serenity. You'll sense calmness. You'll sense quietness, a peacefulness, a confidence. When you say to the father, you and I are one dad, and I revel in that. I enjoy that, father. Thank you for being one with me. That's that's an, an, an internal shift that takes place. The things that used to be so important, when that shift takes place, things that used to be so important are not important anymore. You'll enjoy everything that he gives you. You know, I, I enjoy my house. I enjoy my Corvette. That's another one that, the, that I feel like came out of the secret place. I had a desire for that. I've had three or four of them. I saw it. I saw a black convertible with low mileage. It's an old one, 2005, but it's like brand new. And when I, when I saw it, I go, that's it. That's exactly what he showed me. No problem. But I don't live for those things. See, this is what changes. You enjoy, Father wants you to enjoy everything. He wants you to enjoy a nice house. He wants you to enjoy a vacation. He doesn't want you to live paycheck to paycheck. You say, well, how do I get out of that? Get in the secret place. Ask him about alternate streams of income. Ask him to show you how you can improve in that situation. When it comes to evil, I don't deny evil, but because I'm in the secret place and what I just read to you out of Psalm chapter 91, no evil will befall you. Nothing will come nigh your dwelling. A thousand may fall at one hand and 10,000 at the other, but it won't come near you. I don't deny evil, but I deny its power and effectiveness to deal in my life. I honestly believe that each one of us can receive clear understanding and revelation if we will but turn an ear within and listen. Your expectation develops to where he is your only source and everything you expect comes from him. You don't expect people to provide. People may provide because the Father moves on them, but your expectation is from Him. It's not from books. It's not from classes or teachers or friends or meetings or prayer groups or prophets or society. A lot of channels. But He's the source. Let me read one scripture and I'm done. My time is up. Psalm chapter 62. Psalm chapter 62. And let me read just verse 5. Psalm chapter 62 and verse 5, and then we're going we're gonna to shut this down. But I want you to hear this verse before you go, because this, this really kind of sums up what I've been saying this morning. Psalm chapter 62, verse 5. My soul waits silently for God alone. Yeah, that's where I'm at. 
for my expectation is from him. Everything that I expect is from the hand of the Father. It's not from other people. It's not from degrees or knowledge or book reading. It, my expectation is from him. Let your expectation be from the Lord. And when you come into that secret place, he's going he's to rev your expectation up. Let your, let your communication and your communion be with him. Right? Wait in silence on the Christ within. Because you were wired from the beginning to know his voice. And he speaks loud, but he's not going to speak over your voice. You, you remain silent. You lack wisdom, you lack understanding, you lack answers, mysteries you don't get. Wait in silence, Psalm 62 verse 5 says, wait in silence on God only. And I believe with all my heart, I can tell you from experience, you will be given insight, you'll be given the exact word, how to walk it out, how it will be brought to you. That's the way Jesus lived, and as he is, so are we in this present world. All right, my time is, is well spent. Hope you got something practical out of this. It ministered to me when I put it together and I just pulled stuff out of experience and where I've been and where I'm going, how things are working. So God bless you. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get down to nuts and bolts here these last few weeks to just help you move down the road just a little bit further with some things that are very practical, very real that you can see in the life of Jesus and Paul and men that really walk with the Father with an ear to his voice. Amen. See you Wednesday night, Secret Place, back next Sunday morning at the Digital Cathedral. You have a wonderful week and get into the Secret Place. Amen. If this teaching resonates with you and you would like to partner with us in our expanding efforts to take this message of grace and union around the world, you may make a donation at donkeithley.com. We thank you for your continued support and encouragement.